Section number thirteen of Pantrophion. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Linda Marie Nielsen, Vancouver, B.C. Pantrophion by Alex Soyer. Stone Fruit. Olive Tree throughout antiquity we find the olive tree acknowledged as something venerable and holy and taking precedence of all other trees even the most useful on account of their nourishing fruits or the refreshing drink they furnished the wise minerva gave it birth and its foliage which adorned the brows of the goddess served thenceforth to crown victory or to give rise to the sweet hopes of peace a green bough of olive rendered the suppliant inviolable the deadly arrows of hercules were made of its wood from it princes borrowed their sceptre and the shepherd its crook if abandoning mythological fictions which surround the olive with a charming but false poetry we interrogate history for more certain information concerning this revered tree we shall find that diodorus of sicily informs us minerva discovered and made known to the athenians its useful qualities and a writer in whose possession the most ancient records in the world were found moses who has recounted the birth of vegetation tells us also of a patriarch pouring purified oil on a stone altar before the olive tree was known in athens nay before athens existed profane historians honor artesius son of apollo and king of arcadia with the invention of oil mills and the manner of procuring the precious fluid the abundance of which was such in the east that it was used in lamps in anointing in seasoning of dishes and in numerous other instances too long to enumerate thus the most important culture among the jews was that of the olive tree there were large plantations of it in all the provinces galilea samaria and judea were full of them it must not however be thought that hebrews used olives only to make oil they knew how to preserve them in brine to be eaten at table and for sale to strangers pliny particularly estoils those of decapolis a province of the holy land they are very small he says not larger than capers but are much esteemed among the greeks the oil of samos was considered to be the purest and finest next to it they gave preference to that of caria or of thurium as regards olives the columbades or floating kinds were more esteemed than any other on account of their size and taste they had an exquisite flavor imparted to them by being placed with different herbs in pots of oil 
the hal-made olives were preserved in brine the cultivation of the olive tree was carried to great extent in greece a host of poets sang in honor of this tree which produced so sweet a fruit and theoprastius speaks of it very frequently in his celebrated treatises on plants as romans were not acquainted with it until later and even in the year two hundred and forty nine b c they possessed so few olive trees that a pound of oil sold for twelve arias or three shillings less than two centuries after seventy four b c ten pounds of it only cost one arius but italy had so far increased its plantations at the end of a few years fifty two b c that it was able to furnish olive trees to the neighboring counties in its olives and oil were thought excellent however those of grenada and andalusia were preferred to them even in the time of pliny on account of their sweetness and delicate favor that illustrious naturalist has transmitted to us particulars on the highest interest on the cultivation of the olive tree and the various preparations which its fruit requires or rather to which it's necessarily subjected for the luxury of the table those who are curious on this subject may also consult cato the first among the romans who has written on this tree verio on columella concerning the art of raising the plants of gathering the olives of extracting the oil and of preserving the olives themselves this latter operation was performed as follows they took twenty-five pounds of olives six pounds of quick lime broken very small and dissolved in water to which twelve pounds of oak ashes and water in proportion were added the olives were left to soak for eight or ten hours in this lye then taken out washed with care and immersed for eight days in very clear soft water which was changed several times they then took hot water in which some stems of fennel had been infused this plant was taken out and the same water saturated with salt until an egg would float when it was quite cold the olives were put into this pickle as regards the lodge olives or colibalades they were sometimes crushed after the first operation that the brine might penetrate more easily and odoriferous herbs were added to give them a better flavor this was the way they prepared those from the marshes of ancona the only ones admitted at the tables of gourmets at rome olives made their appearance in the first course at the beginning of the repast but sometimes after their introduction the gluttony of the guest caused them to be served again with the dessert so that they opened and closed the banquet the distributions of oil to which latin authors often allude were somewhat rare for a long period the people looked upon this fluid more as an object of luxury than of a necessary of life and it was only on extraordinary occasions 
that they were gratified with it thus when scipio africanus began his cruel edulship each citizen received a measure of oil after his example agrippa made similar distributions in the reign of augustus they became more frequent under the emperors and severus ordered that an immense quantity should be brought into rome venafra a town of campania supplied excellent oil pliny says it surpassed that of all the rest of italy however in those days and at present much was consumed of a very bad quality for instance that which was served by a clumsy amphitryon to julius caesar and with which this prince seemed perfectly satisfied a proof that the celebrated warrior was either a man of exquisite politeness or an epicure of very scanty ability independently the culinary preparations in which oil was abundantly used the ancients also employed much of it for anointing themselves and when at the bath a slave always carried some in a vase with which they were rubbed it was believed that the vital heat was then concentrated and the strength increased and health preserved augustus inquiring one day of polio who ought to be done to preserve health in extreme age very little was his answer drink wine and rub yourself with oil we shall conclude this article by transcribing the recipe of an odiferous oil for which the liberians were celebrated and which apicius considered worthy of his attention pound some alder and cypress sedges with green laurel leaves till they are reduced to a very fine powder put this powder into spanish oil add a condiment of salt and stir this mixture with great care for three days or more then let it remain for some time olive oil was little known in france under the two first races of her kings in the reign of charlemagne it was drawn from the east and africa and was so rare that the council of aix de chapelle eighteen seventeen allowed the monks to make use of the oil from bacon in 1491 the pope allowed queen anne of bretagne then afterwards the whole province and successively the other french provinces the use of butter in seasoning on fast days palm tree the poet pontinus has related in beautiful latin verses the history of two palm trees cultivated in the kingdom of naples for a long time there had been a fine one growing in the environs of otranto loaded every year with flowers and yet producing no fruit in spite of the vigor of the tree and the heat of the climate but one summer every one was much surprised at seeing the same tree produce a quantity of excellent and very ripe fruit astonishment changed into admiration when it was discovered that another palm tree cultivated at brins fifteen leagues distant 
had that same year blossomed for the first time from that period the palm tree of otranto continued to yield fruit every year notwithstanding the distance between it and the one at brins the palm tree which mythological ages consecrated to the muses was very common with the hebrews to whom it supplied an exhilarating beverage called shkar which is often mentioned with wine of the grape moreover everything was useful in this tree the wood was employed for constructing buildings and for fuel the leaves were used to make ropes mats and baskets and the fruit served as food for man and cattle from the dates a great quantity of honey was extracted but very little inferior to ordinary honey and those which were not consumed were sent abroad with so much more ease than they kept well according to pliny this fruit was in reputation in greece and rome and he named several excellent species which come from judea and principally from jericho and the valleys of archelaus livius and phasalus two greek writers inform us that the favorite of herod nicholas of damascus a poet philosopher and historian much liked by augustus sent to the roman emperor every year a peculiar kind of date from palestine and that the monarch who became very partial to them gave them the name of his friend bread and cakes were also made with them we shall often have occasion to remark that dates were frequently introduced in the composition of the most exquisite dishes of the romans dates not quite ripe if exposed to the sun become in the first place soft then pulpy and lastly acquire a consistency similar to that of french plums they can then be preserved and sent to foreign markets riper dates are squeezed to draw out a sweet juice very pleasant and which is put together with the other part in large vessels and kept in that state or buried in the earth these are the ones commonly used by the rich as food the others are given up to the poorer class dates are eaten either with or without preparation or mixed with different kinds of viands their syrup is used as a sauce to various dishes they are also completely dried for exportation when reduced into flour the caravans in the desert employ them as food by crushing them in soft water wine is made which produces a strong spirit very agreeable the best dates are yellowish semi-transparent odiferous and sweet cherry tree when on a very hot summer day some inviting cherries deliciously quench our burning thirst we very little think of offering to mythodates a souvenir of affection and gratitude such is man he enjoys his wealth and cares very little for the benefactor who has procured it for him this ancient king of pontus of toxicologic memory 
and better known by physicians than gardeners, did not, however, pass the whole of his life in composing poisons and their antidotes, for his royal hands planted, and sometimes grafted, and it is to the this useful pastime that we are indebted for the sweet fruit the name of which recalls to mind the city or country which was its birthplace ancient authors have told us it is true that europe is indebted for its cherries to lucullus and that he made use of the cherry tree to ornament his triumphal car honor is therefore due to the roman general but on condition that mithridates shall lose nothing of his glory or be eclipsed by the renown of this great conqueror the researches of several naturalists led us to believe that cherry trees already existed at that period in gaul this tree delights in cold climates and the wildest forests of france contain almost the whole of its varieties perhaps at rome they knew no other than the wild cherry tree which on that account was very little sought after and lucullus probably brought it to notice by bringing some grafts or fruits from Caracas. in this manner the passage of pliny and that of virgil can very well be explained which present the cherry tree as a new guest moreover the miscellanean xenophanes and the physician dipophilus of siphene have spoken of cherries long before lucilius was in existence dipophilus praises them in the strongest terms he says they are stomachic and have a delicious flavor this certainly cannot apply to the sour wild fruit which is to be met with in the woods and with which the most inexperienced palate is never twice caught at all events the authority of theophrasus would be sufficient to remove all doubts if any still remained he informs us that in his time the good cherries of mithridates passed from lower asia into greece where they were gladly received as in all other nations on account of their form taste and qualities this happy gastrologic event was accomplished three hundred years before the christian era whereas the introduction of cherry trees by lucilius took place two hundred and twenty-eight years later the capital of the world knew not at first how to appreciate this present as it deserved the cherry tree was propagated so slowly in italy that more than a century after its introduction it was far from being generally cultivated the romans distinguished three principal species of cherries the apronian of a bright red with a firm and delicate pulp the lutinian very black and sweet and the cerealian round and stubby and much esteemed this fruit embellished the third course in rome and the second at athens 
the fruit of the cherry tree is eaten raw cooked preserved with sugar and in brandy it is also preserved dry or made into raffia by fermentation the juice of cherries with the kernel by adding sugar makes a very agreeable liquor which is called cherry wine a brandy is produced with fermented cherries drawn by the albamic very powerful that named kirschen wasser in the province of german lorraine is a spirituous liquor obtained by the distillation of various species of wild cherries apricot tree the apricot tree was called by the romans armenica the tree of armenia where it originated it must be looked upon as a useful moment of the valor of the masters of the world if it be true that after their conquest they brought it from that province into rome the latins also named the apricot precocious because it ripens at the beginning of summer in june before other fruits at the time when pliny wrote a d seventy two the apricot tree had only been known at rome for thirty years and apricots still very rare cost one denarius or seven pence halfpenny each they were only to be found in the first-rate shops of the fruit market or emporium of the third region near the meta sudante which was only open every ninth day or near the naval camp outside the trigemenia gate some years later the agriculturists of the roman suburbs brought into the city some excellent ones at a very low price but the fashion and the taste for them had gone by the green apricot is preserved before the stone becomes hard when ripe it is eaten raw cooked or stewed in marmalade preserves are made of it as well as a dried paste which keeps a long time they are also preserved in brandy the stone as it is or broken is used in raffita or noyu lastly the kernel produces oil peach tree this fruit tree originally from persia was first transplanted into greece where it existed a long time before it passed into italy it was still quite a novelty in rome towards the middle of the first century of the christian era and the rich alone could eat peaches for they cost no less than eleven pounds thirteen shillings for halfpence the dozen or eighteen shillings nine halfpence each this is rather dear fruit however good it may be but the bill affair of certain banquets will show us by and by whether the roman gastronomics knew how to spend their gold profusely when they wished to satisfy a caprice or enjoy some dainty curiosity it was believed in rome that the peach contained a deadly poison when gathered in persia but that once transplanted to another soil it lost its injurious properties this singular opinion 
still held by many persons in the present day, has been refuted by Pliny, who treats it as ridiculous idea. At any rate, Galen and Discordes assert that this fruit is indigestible, unwholesome, and that it often causes fevers. The high price of peaches and the short duration of their freshness caused amateurs to seek the means of preserving them for the longest possible time. The following is the recipe given by Apicius. Choose the finest of this fruit and place them in water, saturated with salt. The next day, take them out, dry them with greatest care, and then put them into a vessel with savory vinegar and salt. Plum Tree Plum trees were known in Africa from time immemorial, and Theoprastius speaks of the great number of these trees which were to be found at Tebes, Memphis, and especially Damascus. Athenius also praises the excellent plums of this last-named city, and we know that time has not lessened their ancient reputation. Asia and Egypt sent a great quantity to Europe, and, in order that they might keep better during this long voyage, a part of them were dried, and the rest were preserved, that is to say, the best, in honey and sweet wine. These were the only kind known in Rome in the time of Cato, 150 years B.C., but the Romans, then novices in the art of good living, would have but ill appreciated the delicate and perfumed pulp of the Damascus plums, at the moment when, hardly plucked from the tree, their fresh and velvet-like bloom delights the eye and tempts the palate of epicures. Two centuries later, the science of good living made incredible progress. A magiric atmosphere enveloped the capital of the universe with its delicious fragrance, and the joyous, free livers of Italy cultivated in their garden plums of the most beautiful purple and gold, far superior to the much extolled fruit from Damascus and Memphis. The fields everywhere offered such luxuriance of plum trees that Pliny, the opposition man, or just milieu of that time, complained of their number, and grieved at what he fancied a useless and expensive profusion of them. The ancient counts of Anjou transplanted the plums of Damascus into their province, and the good king René of Sicily, Duke of Anjou and Count of Providence, introduced them into southern Europe. The plums of Monsieur are thus named because Monsieur, the brother of Louis the Fourteenth, was very fond of them. The plums of Reine Claude owe their name to the first consort of Francis I, daughter of Louis Twelfth. The plums of Mirabelle were brought from Provence into Lorraine by King René. End of section 13. Recording by Linda Marie Nielsen, Vancouver, B.C.